0: Welcome to Open Source Sustainability. On this show, Alex Laster, CEO of Green Places, talks with sustainability leaders to learn how companies are adapting their business models to be in line with sustainability goals. We believe sustainability has to be open source to be successful, and these leaders have offered us a glimpse inside their strategies in the hopes that we can all move forward together. We are fascinated by some of the unique challenges that these sustainability leaders face and are excited to dive deeper. In this episode, we're delving into the world of sustainability at Zora, an enterprise software company that's changing the game with its holistic approach to environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, practices. Joining Alex today are two key players in Zora's sustainability journey. First, we have Rachel, who serves as the Director of Social Impact at Zora, and Stefan, who wears multiple hats as a Senior Client Manager, ESG Sustainability Workstream Lead, and the lead of ZEO's Sustainability Interest Group. Welcome, Rachel and Stefan.
1: Well, welcome to the Open Source Sustainability Podcast. I am so excited to have the Zora team on. Rachel and Stefan, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Alex. Uh, Hi,
2: Alex. Thanks for having us.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Well, I guess to kind of take a, a, an initial uh, uh, step here, um, tell us a little bit about um, your role at Zora and kind of how that has fostered its way into Zora's holistic you know, sustainability practice. Maybe, maybe we kick off with you, Rachel.
2: Yeah. So um, I have been at Zora for, I guess, two and a half, almost three years now, um, and I was hired as the director of social impacts, really focused on the pledge percent commitment that Zora took pre IPO, where it committed to really dedicate its employee time to give back to its communities. So really focused on kind of building out all of our philanthropic and employee tiering giving programs. And then pretty quickly, you know, my job shifted a bit. And um, I started to focus a lot on sustainability. And Building out our entire ESG function um, and really how Zora was going to tackle climate change, but you know, sustainability uh, has has really been with us since day one, um, and it's part of just how we do business. I would say for the last like a year and a half, I've been really focused on that.
1: That's great. And Stefan, um, calling in from Paris, tell us a little bit about your background and what brings you into Zora's sustainability mission.
3: Yeah. So, uh, for myself, I've been uh, I've been hired by Zero four four years ago, uh, and I have. Um 18 years of uh, experience in the IT, so, so IT Project Direction. So I would say I specifically joined Zura because the, the Zura slogan is uh, from ownership to usership. And it speaks to me, in fact, uh, because it speaks to uh, a kind of a U-turn I've decided in my life back in uh, 2018 uh, because uh, I watched those all those news about climate change and about w- we need to do something with it. And I think that from ownership to usership, for some kind of goods, for some kind of usages, uh, could help us to save some energy, some raw materials, and uh, and this is definitely uh, what, what I can find in some of my customers in Zira, and also uh, what, what is what attracts attracted me in Zira is that uh, th- there's a lot of values. It's a value based company, and uh, this is something that is really important for me because I, I'm passionate about my my job and my mission so uh, it resonates with me absolutely and Rachel there's obviously been the ESG and, and
1: sustainability program as war and we'll get more into that is truly amazing y'all have done so much but talk to me a little bit about how this evolved as I understand there was a there was kind of a combined effort between what was an executive And leader-led initiative, but also this grassroots employee initiative that were kind of overlapping with each other. So maybe talk to us a little bit about how this began and and maybe the evolution of the last couple of years as you've seen it.
2: Yeah, it, it was really fascinating. So a lot of our sustainability initiatives were started grassroots long before I even started at Zora. We had an employee interest group called CEOs for Sustainability, and they did so much. They actually were the driving force behind kind of making our offices more sustainable. So ensuring that there were just tons of compost and recycling bins everywhere, that we switched to reusable dishware um, and anything that wasn't reusable was compostable. They helped eliminate single use water bottles and put in like actual water kind of coolers in All of our offices around the world, they, you know, help Zora transition to just centralized printers because, you know, back in the day, Mm -hmm. everyone had Mm -hmm. a printer. Funny to think about now, they were also the driving force behind um, getting EV chargers at our corporate headquarters Mm -hmm. in Redwood City. So they just did so much. And they also did fun things. Like we had a lot of speakers come in that they organized to just help educate employees. And they even did like a fun event where we had a fashion show for Earth Month where everyone had to come dressed in recycled materials. Wow. So They really were just like really, really a driving force to all of this work. And when we really had to start formalizing everything, um, we were just getting tons of questions from investors and from customers and regulation was coming down, you know, and Luana, our head of investor relations and myself who co-lead sustainability at Zora, we really quickly realized we were not doing this alone, that we had an entire like cohort of employees who had been doing this work for many years. So kind of Forming this cross-functional sustainability team was super easy. We didn't actually have to tell anyone to join. We had we asked people, you know, is anyone interested in working on this with us and leading some of this work? And just tons of employees raised their hand. Mm-hmm. And we realized we just had so many passionate employees at Zora um, who had been doing this since day one. Um, so Stefan, actually, oh, one of them. Um, <laughs> So he's someone who has so much experience and so much knowledge around this, um, probably more than Luana and I have. And so he joined like on his own. He has a day job that is not related to this, um, and is doing all of this just above and beyond. And so we have about ten employees right now who are part of this Mm cross-functional group. Who we meet every other week for an hour. We have five different work streams that they're all focused on, have deliverables, and they do this all just you know, above and beyond their day job.
1: What I love about that is it's, you know, especially over the last couple of years as this has become more of a regulatory and yeah. more official investor reporting, which is great. Um, yeah. but you, you tend to see a lot of businesses kind of sign on from that perspective of, I've got to yeah. meet the requirements. So we're going to kind of formalize this. What's great about kind of the story that I'm hearing at Zora was there is the rigor around the reporting. I know y'all, um, y'all do a lot of reporting and have for a long time. You take it very seriously, but you don't forget the fact that this can be something that's engaging and exciting and interesting and something to, you know, for somebody like you, Stefan, who can do your day job and moonlight in this capacity and have that support, you know, tell me what that's felt like for you as an employee to feel like, you know, a company like Zora can give you the freedom to really work on something that you're so passionate
3: about? How important is that to you? I think it's it's really important. It's kind of an intrapreneurship. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're inside a company and uh, uh, whatever makes sense, uh, you, you, you can just, as Rachel said, raise your hand and say, okay, I can work on it. I can work on it because I, I have some... Uh, some capacity. I have some external skills. Maybe we'll talk about that later on, but uh, I, I run an NGO in in France uh, that mm. is doing um, trainings on on this these topics in for other companies and all those uh, citizens and 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 kids at school also. So uh, when when I heard that the the, the DSG report was to be published was uh, one year and a half ago. Uh, just raised my hand, so it's really important for for me that my my company uh, listen to me and say okay, uh, jump in, and uh, we will will build this team that Rachel was mentioning, and uh, we will work together to uh, yeah to, to reach the target. And uh, for me, it's not only of course uh, reporting is very important because reporting the way we are going to achieve our global targets net zero and so on. Uh, but uh, for more for me, it's more than reporting. It's also involving everybody because everybody feels very concerned about what's happening, uh, around us. Recently in Florida, in Europe, we had the big, big fires. So we all feel that we can have a, a role to play in order mm-hmm. to mitigate all of that. And the, the company is the, the place you spend a lot of time. So if you can buy your job, uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my job is to run project, of course, but I, uh, I've run project with some very, very, uh, interesting customers with a lot of sustainability goals and using Zora to make them more sustainable so having the the opportunity to do that inside my company is something that uh yeah tries me it, it seems like it's uh it's very
1: empowering and yeah. and i heard you say that you get to use Zora to even help your clients be more sustainable. Talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit about that. How does how does Zora accomplish this? What are some things that Zora is doing to be able to help clients get on the same path that y'all are and and achieve their sustainability goals?
2: I'll start, but then I'll hand it over to Stefan because I think he actually works with some really cool clients who are doing this. Um, But you know, we like to say that we are turning the subscription economy, which was a term that was kind of coined by our CEO and founder Teen into the sustainability economy by, you know, saying goodbye to ownership and hello to usership, as Mm -hmm. Stefan alluded to earlier. You know, Zora was born out of this vision that we could evangelize a fundamentally new way of doing business um, by shifting the focus of companies to deliver these recurring people centric services. Instead of this one-time sale of products mm. that we like to say really fuels a world of landfills. So by encouraging this like as-needed shared use, reuse, and the circular economy, all of this is fostered by the as-a-service model that Zora powers. And you know, Stefan, I know you work with some really cool customers yeah, over sure. in the UK that are using Zora to do just this.
3: Yeah, I will, um, I will mention three customers w- without quoting them, but uh, a very, very big company, um, uh, of spot goods, uh, globally based. In fact, they, they have this triple borderline in their uh, ESG, uh, targets. So. Uh, the triple bottom line is uh, people, uh, planet, profit. So they want to reach the, uh, their objective into those triple R areas. And uh, so currently they, they sell uh, some sports equipment, sport gears, goods, uh, T-shirts, but also machines, bikes. And they, they do really well. But they they have now a commitment to to turn into, uh, as, as Rachel said, less landfills. So not just selling a good to your customer, the customer use it and just throw it. So they've started with us a very interesting program uh, initially for kids because when you buy a, a bike for your kid, you, you mm-hmm. buy a bike uh, when when your kid is maybe two years old, it's a very little bike, then maybe some afterwards uh, the, the kid has grown grown up. So you have to yeah maybe throw it away. Normally you don't throw it away but you have nothing to do with it so you, you put it into in the, yeah, the attic and I don't know where it is and you take another one. So the the... What they've done with us is the subscription. So, as a family, you subscribe to uh, a kid having a bike. You're not uh, you're not buying a good. You're buying the service provided by the good. And uh, the all the shops uh, will not only uh, sell you a good, uh, a good, uh, a bike, and say say to you bye bye. Uh, they just uh, sell to you a bike that is perfectly fit for your kids. They sell also uh, the some. Few uh, maintenance visits. You can go to mm-hmm. the shop, and have it repaired. And when the, guy, when the bag doesn't fit uh, your kid anymore, they, they take it. They give it. Of course, they, they they rent it to another another family, and they provide you with another gu- with another bike, and they will use zero just to yeah maybe to upgrade the subscription because uh, obviously the very little bike is maybe two euros. The 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 little uh, bigger one is three euros. So they will pay uh, two three euros per month, and so uh, no I would say no uh, material no gear will be uh, spent. Uh, to yeah to fill an attic with a useless bike, so this is something that we we did with um, with Zira and that was I was the product manager for that and that was really really a good experience having the opportunity to by myself to have this customer with Zira to do that. So first example, uh, I have another example in France, uh, a, a company that is uh, really really doing uh, better and better, very well. Was for, formerly a, a startup and they are doing uh, EV. Recharge, because in the EV world, I don't know if you, you got some EV vehicle, but the the problem with the chargers is that it's never the same brand, so mm-hmm. you, you have a lot of different brands and so on. It's it's very complicated. So what they want to do is to simplify everything, and uh, it, they want to uh, equip um, some uh, flats uh, in 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 the in big cities with their uh, EV chargers, and you have some you have a subscription. Uh, that includes uh, maybe one giga, uh, it's not gigabyte, it's giga uh, kilowatt per hour. And you can use this subscription at home or in your uh, garage, uh, in the garage of of flats, but also at work, you have also an EV charger and you, you use the same subscription and you fill your battery with that. So it's also Zero that powers those this company. So it's, it's really, really interesting to see those two examples. One to turn into functional economy, so selling the functionality rather than just selling goods and. Um, Falling uh, away, and uh, another uh, example, which is not about goods, about transforming um, a business model, but it's about uh, it's about uh, having a very very new business model uh, expanding because EV chargers are, are pretty new, and there are a lot of things to do on that.
1: That's uh, really cool. They uh, as a as a father of three young boys, the amount of things they grow out of so quickly. Yeah. It, it is extremely wasteful and it's difficult because you want to have a bike at a young age for a child to learn, but just knowing in the back of your head, this is only good for this summer, for example, is hard. You know, we have hand-me-downs, you know, in our house, obviously, but after we get past the third boy, it's like, where do you do with this? And we just feel like we're always having to support that because it's difficult. But what I like about the way you're describing this is... To me, it's really unique because um, I think most people, when they think sustainability, being more sustainable, I feel like the the sentiment a lot of times is I'm going to have to give up something. It's not going to okay. be, mm-hmm. it's 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 more of an austerity measure. You know, we used to have this. Now we don't because we're trying to be more climate forward. Mm-hmm. What, what you're describing is different because yeah. you're providing something or you're helping your clients provide something that's a better service. That's a much better service. My garage Mm. is, is in terrible shape because of the (laughs) three boys and all the things that we go through so quickly. But by doing this, this actually empowers people, both the consumer and the business to have a better experience. It's more value with less resources. It's just a new way of thinking. I love that. That's, that's really, really interesting. Um, I think
2: we're seeing this shift that, that you just talked about, like across all industries, right? Like, Clothes, you can now rent clothes and subscribe to that instead of having to buy clothes all the time. My good friend who lives in New York, they live in a small apartment and they have two kids and they subscribe to toys. So like every milestone for their little baby, like they're shipped new toys that are targeted to that age of learning and development. And then when they outgrow those toys, they ship them back and get new toys. Um, So I just think the circular economy and this concept of reuse is just everywhere now.
1: I love that. Is it is yeah. that company by any chance Tiny Earth Toys?
2: Maybe it is. Yes. I think That's so. That's a
1: sister company in our in our uh in one of our funds that we're with. And and they do I, I don't that. know if it's the same one, but it it's true. Like especially with kids, the milestones and the learning with those toys A has a real purpose. And you know, after three or six or nine months, they 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 do need different things to be able to yeah. understand and to learn. Um yeah that's really great. Okay. So this is obviously, we've got a huge employee engagement piece of this. You've got a lot of participation in the company. You're a public company. You're reporting on this. I heard a net zero target. You're setting real standards Mm-hmm. You're not just saying it, you're doing it, and you're using your product to be able to help others do it. But you've even got more stuff. You've got the Sustainably Subscribed Accelerator Program. Tell us a little bit about that. What's what's involved here? What's the goals of it? And, and where did it start? Rachel, um, would love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. Um, we started Sustainability subscribe last year. Um, we partnered or partner with an organization called Village Capital and they're a global nonprofit and they are the largest supporter of uh, seed stage startups that are really focused on solving social issues. So Sustainability Subscribed um, specifically works with climate tech startups who are using recurring revenue business models to tackle climate change. Um, And last year we put nine startups uh, through the program. It's a four month accelerator. I would say it's pretty focused on helping these startups raise their next round of capital. And you know we had employees engaged as mentors, leading workshops um, on the advisory board throughout the entire program. And then at the end, Village Capital has a really unique way of the startups evaluating each other and deciding the top two that are most investment ready. And Zora invested $50,000 in each of those startups. Um, so it was really, really cool. And You know, just for example, there was one, and this wasn't one of the top two, but we love them. They, they started a, what's called a carbon savings account. So it's essentially like a health savings account, but Mm. for carbon and we are getting ready to partner with them. And pretty soon our employees will be able to have an account that they contribute towards Zora matches to make uh, their home more sustainable. And this could be everything from just led light bulbs all the way up to a new refrigerator or solar Mm. panels. Um, So just super cool, innovative ideas. We had one startup that was focused on like really democratizing EV charging and trying to turn uh, light posts in New York City into EV charging stations um, and has had really good traction there. So we just launched our Sustainability Subscribe 2.0 this year in partnership with HPE and are getting ready to announce the startups that we selected. Um, But I like to think of it as like one of, one of our pillars of our sustainability strategy is really investing in climate mm-hmm. tech innovation, um, because I think at the end of the day, you know, we're going to need technology mm-hmm. to really help us tackle this. It's an important piece of the puzzle, so it's important for you know us to be able to invest in some of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Stefan, when you started at Zora four years ago, yeah, did you think that this is what we would be talking
3: about? I mean, I've been trying to be a part of building this thing, but this is incredible. I think so, I mean. Yeah I think I may surprise Rachel. Uh yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes because uh um I think um so I have I've been really um really concerned about those uh, climate issues since uh, maybe yeah Maybe two, thousand and eighteen, but um, maybe a little bit more before that. Uh, I, I'm, I was doing carbon offsetting of uh, of the flights that we we did with our family for for holidays since ten years, maybe. So, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, I've seen directly the potential uh, of zero in that, and um, I, I don't want to. go too forward, but uh, when you think about uh, carbon offsetting as accounts, for example, you, you are uh, with this startup, Rachel. Uh, we are we are just talking about uh, accountability to uh, count the, the, the carbons, so the tons, mm-hmm. kilograms of carbons. So our software is, uh, of course, is a software that enables companies to go from uh, ownership to usership and also with their customers, but they, we count uh, monetary units. We count euros, you count dollars, we, we, get, we count uh, yens, we count a lot of uh, monetary units, but I'm pretty sure that tomorrow we will have uh, to count carbon mm-hmm carbon emissions between companies. And when you receive your bill, you will not only, of course, uh, it's, uh, in Europe, in France, sometimes you, you you get your mobile phone bills and it, it says to you, okay, your carbon footprint for those services were, was uh, this amount of uh, CO 2 equivalent. But maybe tomorrow, and maybe it will accelerate with the CSRD, uh, in Europe, so and uh, mm. maybe in I in US, you may have also some some few things like that. But tomorrow, the company will 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 deal a CO two uh, equivalence because if you as a company uh, you are doing your, your part to reduce your carbon footprint, what we, what you want to do is to uh, to be more rewarded than the other ones. So if at some point we don't start to count. Uh, carbons emissions uh, be, be between companies that that means between the when you sell a service and when you buy a service. So on invoices, uh, we will come to that point. I'm pretty sure of it. So for the moment, zero counts only, uh, there's a lot of features in zero, but we don't count CO2 emissions. But I'm pretty sure that in the future we'll do. So to answer your question, uh, I'm pretty sure we, we haven't seen all the Power of this the, this company uh, uh, counting uh, emissions maybe in the future uh, maybe tomorrow but after tomorrow so uh, yeah long story short uh, I think that they will from ownership to usership is of uh, a power of transforming the way we do business not to do less but to do better and to do better with technology and so yeah I think uh, I'm, I'm very proud to <laughs> to be part of and because it's exactly what uh what I wanted to do uh when I
1: joined Jira. <laughs> there is a there's a concept that we hear I've heard a few times on this podcast of companies have footprints and handprints, and a footprint mm-hmm. is obviously it's the the impact of the company, but the handprint is what what you can use with your technology to help shape the future. And what I'm hearing a lot from y'all is you're in that world in a big way. Rachel, as you as you fast forward. Mm-hmm. you know 5 10 15 years from now what does the world look like when businesses think about sustainability is it is it a reporting thing is it a, a compliance thing is it is it a new way to do business like what do you see from your vantage point you've had such a unique perspective to be so involved in this stuff at mm-hmm. a, at, a, at an early point in your career what do you what do you see going forward
2: i think it is like we're in this race to save the planet. Like there are already people evacuating where they live because like their mm-hmm. home is on fire. And just, you know, I think it's not about reporting. It's not about compliance. It's about doing the right thing, but also the smart thing, right? For business. Mm-hmm. It's no longer just like the right thing to do. You do it because it, you're a responsible company. No, it's the smart thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. because Climate change is going to impact every company out there. So why not get ahead of it and start contributing to the solution? Mm-hmm. I also find it fascinating from where I sit because where I, you know, we're we're a SaaS company, over 90% of our footprint is scope 3, um, mm-hmm. and specifically of scope 3, 70% of that is coming from our supply chain, right? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that tons and tons of our customers and our partners are are facing that same thing. And so it's kind of like this idea that we're all in this together and we need to rely on our suppliers to mm-hmm. take action in order for our footprint to go down. Right. And they need to do, we need to do the same to them. So it's like this idea that, you know, we're all, they're all going to succeed or we're all not because we're all kind of dependent <laughs> on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my hope and what, what I think we're going to see is all of us come together and it's not about like, who's going to reach net zero faster. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. let's help each other. Let's share best practices. How are we going to do this and and get there together? Because that's that's what mm-hmm. we need to do. Like we have this weird thing with scope three being mm-hmm. in the technology sector where we actually can't control a lot. We have to rely mm-hmm. on our partners. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really fascinating.
1: It's funny. Um, I was uh, I was on a call. I think it was last week and it was the head of procurement for one of the largest airlines in the, in the, in the Mm -hmm. world. And I said, what's on your mind? He said, I have 30,000 vendors that make up a lot of our scope three. (laughs) And we've been very forward about what we want to do, but it will take every single one of them to help us get there. And I love that personally. That's the whole theme of open source sustainability, which is, you know, if Nike wins and does this really well, it doesn't matter if we don't all do it with them. So I think, I love the idea of tech companies and services companies and everyone scope three getting together and saying, well, what can we do? And Um. I think the, the, the part of this story and this interview that I've, I really enjoyed the most, one of the the things that I've enjoyed the most from this is the creativity coming out of Zora is, is incredible. Um, you know, what y'all have been able to do with the resources you have to not make sustainability just a check the box function mm. to not make sustainability um, kind of a just a thing that you do you've really taken some vision and said how can we creatively make this really mm. aligned with the future of our business you know Rachel that statement that you made about moving the world from ownership to usership, mm. Is about taking a lot of people that have read about what a circular economy is mm-hmm. and now you're giving them the tools. It might be hard for somebody who makes bicycles or toys or whatever it might be to think like that because mm-hmm. they haven't done it in the mm-hmm. past, not how commerce is set up today. Yeah, We'll have this huge ability to bring that business model to people yeah. and amplify your impact a hundred times over in a way yeah. that's seemingly not that hard for them to figure out with you because you've got all of the commerce pieces kind of done and there's a way to engage with you and is there something that you wish zora customers knew about this that that they they didn't what is if for a zora customer listening and there's thousands of zora customers what is one way that they can help get involved and they could take more benefit from something like this with
3: y'all i think that they they they, they should uh if i if i will, uh stated and something don't fear to to switch to this kind of model Uh, i've seen i've seen i've also worked in uh, with your uh, in in uk for a car manufacturer and um there's also this shift is also happening for car manufacturer they know that uh in few years they will sell less cars uh, Mm -hmm. especially in big cities in the center of big cities but because of course there's a lot of parts of the world when you you can't uh, take transportation system and the city is not uh, has not uh, trans- enough transportation system but they know uh, really well that uh, the wealth the wealth people inside the big cities won't buy a, a car anymore and they will use uh, cars car as a service uh, like what we which we see in some city of the world so all those uh, th- those uh, companies are not really car manufacturers. Car manufacturers still are still, uh, are still um, distributing, uh, uh, the, uh, selling the cars themselves, and they know. I have worked with them. They know that at the target they will have to also to package some services. When they won't sell the car in itself, they will they will have to sell the service of having the car from point A to point B. Hmm. And uh, and this business will increase more and more. So I, what I would like to to say to them is that don't be afraid of uh, tr- starting these new initiatives. We've seen that for a few car manufacturers in Europe. Maybe uh, we, we have also, c- I think, that customers I- in U.S. doing that. So th- don't be afraid to launch this kind of service because this is the right time to do that because all the world is doing, uh, all the world's, wants to rely less on fossil fuels all the world wants to to have a more sustainable sustainability uh, sustainable life lifestyle and when uh, everywhere when it's possible to uh, to bring this kind of service so big cities for the moment you, you should do it you should go right into it and uh, yeah and with with a product like zero it's easier because you you can package the service very well
1: well i think that was very well said and um Stefan and, and Rachel, this has been a total pleasure. I have really, really enjoyed learning more. I've learned a ton. I'm super inspired by it. Thank you so much for taking the time to to chat today on the podcast. We really appreciate all the work that you're doing and, and love to hear more about the vision of where you're headed. I think it's really inspiring. Yeah, sure.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you to Rachel and Stefan for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you like this show, be sure to leave a review and follow this podcast wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. This podcast is powered by Green Places. If you are looking to reduce your company's environmental impact and reach your sustainability goals, visit greenplaces.com to learn more. We'll talk with you next time on Open Source Sustainability.